Carol here, and today we're going to discuss part two of treatment for the leptospirosis patient. Now, if you haven't already checked out our first four podcasts, make sure to check those out. Our first podcast discussed the mechanism of action, geographic distribution, and risk factors for leptospirosis, while our second podcast discussed transmission and clinical signs most commonly seen with leptospirosis. Our third podcast focused on clinical pathologic testing and diagnostic tests, And our fourth podcast focused on the initial parts of treatment, including fluid therapy and goals of fluid therapy. In this fifth podcast, we're going to talk about antibiotic therapy, gastrointestinal support, and the zoonotic risks with leptospirosis. Now, in the patient suspected of having leptospirosis, prompt appropriate antibiotic therapy should be initiated, ideally after pretreatment blood work has been submitted. Goals of antibiotic therapy are to eliminate leptospiremia and to eliminate leptospires from the renal tubular cells and renal carrier state. Appropriate antibiotics include penicillins, including ampicillin, amoxicillin, amoxicillin clavulonic acid, and penicillin, and doxycycline. In humans, the use of ceftrioxone and cefotaxime are also efficacious. The use of fluoroquinolones is controversial, as efficacy in a hamster model failed to clear leptospires from the kidneys and blood. Based on the leptospirosis ACVM consensus statement, the antibiotic of choice is doxycycline at 5 mg per kg orally or intravenously every 12 hours for 2 weeks. Leptospires can shed in urine for months if appropriate antibiotic use is not implemented. The third part of treatment after fluid therapy and antibiotic therapy is gastrointestinal support. Azotemic patients should be treated with phosphate binders, like aluminum hydroxide, if hyperphosphatemic, along with gastrointestinal protectants, like omeprazole, pantoprazole, famotidine, sucralfate, etc., for presumptive uremic gastritis. Antiemetics, like meropitin, ondansetron, or dilazitron, should be implemented for patient comfort and to treat nausea. Treatment will also necessitate symptomatic and supportive care. Now, in animals developing acute leptospirosis, caution must be taken to prevent zoonotic spread. The use of appropriate hygiene, including protective eyewear, gowns, and gloves, should be used when handling the patient and bodily fluids while hospitalized. Pet owners should also be cautioned about the zoonotic risk. A 10% bleach solution, iodine-based disinfectant, accelerated hydrogen peroxide, and quaternary ammonium solutions can all be used against leptospires. Likewise, other pets in the house should be assessed for clinical signs and, if healthy, vaccinated to mount an immune response. Overall, the prognosis for leptospirosis is fair to good, provided aggressive treatment can be initiated. The survival is reported to be approximately 80% in dogs, both with dogs treated conservatively, in other words, IV fluids and antibiotics, and those treated more aggressively, in other words, those dogs that underwent hemodialysis. In those dogs that developed pulmonary complications, the prognosis is poorer, with reported mortality rates from Europe of 36 to 42%. Pet owners should also be cautioned about the risk for chronic renal insufficiency as a secondary consequence of chronic renal inflammation. As shedding of organisms can persist, in other words, leptospuria, for weeks to months, prevention is imperative. Despite the good prognosis for leptospirosis, aggressive preventative care is warranted in dogs. This will help minimize zoonotic risks to pet owners and veterinary professionals, help minimize the chronic carrier state in dogs, which can result in further spread, prevent costly hospitalization, and minimize the risk of chronic renal injury. 
a leptospirosis prevention package should be initiated with the following. Environmental changes. This should be initiated to include rodent control, appropriate fencing, and landscaping changes to remove stagnant or standing water. An annual vaccination. The decision to vaccinate should be based on an endemic area, exposure of the dog, and risk factors. In other words, access to streams or stagnant water or urbanized wildlife. Ideally, vaccination with a four-way leptospirosis strain should be utilized. Vaccination is important to aid in the prevention of shedding to reduce infection of other animals and possible human exposure. In our last Vet Girl podcast on leptospirosis, we'll discuss case management of one particular papillon who was exposed to leptospirosis in Minnesota. 